Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Monday, there's an auction for office furniture with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay. Well, uh, a lot of times players and coaches, they'll say this week is the most important game of the season. I think for the Broncos, I think for the players, but specifically for Sean Payton, even though it's only a one game difference, a winning record sounds better than a losing record because it's 17 games now. There is no more eight and eight. Right. Well, we were a 500 team. Yeah. But you're you you had a winning record. Yeah. There's no more. It sounds better. There's no more. Plenty of football still to be played. We're we're at the end of the uh, at the rung now. Yeah. I and I do think that there's a level of importance to this game um, in their own minds and in their own desires and the way that they uh, approach the week the the week of preparation. Um, Ending the streak, whatever the case may be, hell, Sean doesn't even cop to uh, to acknowledging a seven-game losing streak to the Raiders. So um, we'll see. But I would agree with you. I think I think nine and eight is is a is a pretty good hill to plant your flag on. No question about it. But regardless the outcome, the improvement that has been made. The culture that has been changed, although we can argue about what that culture looks like, has been significant and has been notable. And it may have gotten there in a weird kind of way, but they ended up improving nicely one way or the other, regardless of the outcome of this weekend. That's my point of view. This season has had as many peaks and valleys weird year as I can remember. Yeah, I'm with you. A team that I covered. Yep. You start one and five. Then you rip off what? Five straight wins. Should have had six. Then you you wind up losing three of four. Mm-hmm. A public divorce with Russell Wilson. And then the cherry on top, where you and I both agree, Kareem Jackson being let go, essentially. Yep. I mean, they wanted to sign him to the practice squad, but he was essentially let go, and sure. he, was, he was let go. Um, that did not go over well in the locker room. No. It's been a lot of ups and downs. But at the end of the day, with all the ups and downs, they still have a chance to finish with a winning record. Let's look at the important games of, like, as I said, most important game of the season. Off the top of my head, I think the Jets game was a very important game for them hmm. because of what was said by Sean Payton. Sorry, he got pants on national television. Okay. He did. After what he said about Hackett. Yeah. After what he said about the Jets, yeah. essentially looking for more promotion and things like that. Probably he, got what he deserved, frankly. He did. Karma's a bitch. Yeah. Right? He, he did. And and I found it interesting that even though it was Hackett that said what he said, it's the Jets players that rallied around Hackett. Mm-hmm. The Broncos players did not rally around Sean Payton. 
I think the Patriots game at home for me was clearly the biggest moment of the season for me. And and you want I want to do hold on. Yeah. That's fine. I'm going to throw another one at you. Okay. What was the biggest moment of the season? Finally beating the Chiefs or losing to the Patriots? Oh, I think losing to the Patriots considering yeah. what was Fair. at stake. You beat the Patriots a week and a week and a half ago. You're still in the mix this yeah. week. Right. Um in fact and then I would say Houston the loss at Houston would be my number two. To me, that was the most highly in the Jets game and the Houston game were the two most highly anticipated games. Mm-hmm. One, because it was a man-made reservoir right. by Sean Payton. I won't argue that. And then you have the Broncos on a five-game winning streak with the opportunity to go to seven and five, going to Houston, and then the way the game ended. Oh, when you're sitting there eight yards away and you've got four chances to win it and you are, I mean, it was huge. So to me, it would be Patriots, Houston, and then the Chiefs game. I do think there was value in the way that they won that game, ending the streak. I don't care whether that wasn't on Sean's hump, the whole streak. I get that, and he's right. But that was a moment of triumph for the franchise after basically eight straight years of getting your ass kicked by the Kansas City Chiefs who had taken your ball and gone home with it, right? I'm going to ask Alex this. Again, our resident Broncos fan. If the Broncos beat the Raiders on Sunday and finish with a 9-8 and record, knowing everything that has happened since they won the Super Bowl, Will it change your perception of the season as opposed to if they lose in our eight and nine? No, no. Losing to the losing to a three win Patriots team on Christmas. No, Eve. no. I'm referring to the game on Sunday. The game on Sunday against the Raiders, the Broncos are eight and eight right now. If they go nine and eight, does that make you feel better about the season? And if they lose, does it even register with you? Does it make you feel better that they're nine and eight? Yeah. Yeah. How Winning much better? Season. A little bit. Yeah, just a little. You're just, the playoffs. A, a playoffs little, just one. a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Alex. That, that that's it. It's like, okay, that's nice. That's nice. And that's about the extent of it. it it's not like, damn, th- look at them. They're they're moving in the right direction. It's nice. It would be a nice outcome to the season, but it doesn't move the meter any more for me really than losing a game and finishing eight and nine. For them, I would like to see them get it done. I've talked to enough guys. You've talked to enough guys. I I have every belief that you have a bunch of guys that still want to win a football game. There's no question. No question about it. If they finish 9-8, and eight, expectations for next season, I believe, will foolishly be higher. And You're saying you don't agree? I'm saying I agree, oh. but, but, but check yourself. We are about ready to embark on two of the, certainly one of the most painful years the Broncos could have. But when you said, eh, that usually means you're wrong. No, no. Well, I, like, that's an ex and family feud. Like, I, I, didn't get, I didn't get the right answer on the board. No. So you're, thank you. Thank you very much. Alex gives us. Uh, that's what I mean. It, it, it's, it, it's next year 
there is no the what what does progress look like for next year what, what so let me continue what i'm saying that it's going to give you a false sense of security i believe because i feel like this year's winning record has been is a house that has been built on a shaky foundation how so well you're about to get rid of russell wilson mm-hmm. which that marriage is not going to work right okay you're you're going to be paying for it over the next one to two years. Mm-hmm. Correct. You don't have a quarterback anymore. That is correct. Who knows what you're going to get in free agency? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Sam Darnold? I think he will be on the list. Yeah. We're talking about cost. James Winston or Jimmy Garoppolo. It's yeah. going to be one of those guys. Yeah. Okay. And you only got six draft picks as of now. And oh, by the way, if you're thinking about Gardner Minshew, you could forget it. You keep people have started using this phrase. It's become part of the vernacular. Is he a Sean Payton guy? Gardner Minshew is not. Gardner Minshew plays like Russell Wilson. He's an off-schedule type of quarterback. That's what he is. And he does a great job doing it. More power to him. Well, so does Russell Wilson. Sure. He's great being off-schedule. Yeah. He's just not good being on Peyton's schedule. Right. Okay. So with that, what what do we have to look forward to? You're going to get killed with the salary cap. Yep. With the dead cap money, whether it's one or year or two years you're going to be looking for a quarterback chances are you know you're going to have to have a quarterback competition which means you you know coaches say it all we love competition or no, you, you give jared no. stidham the keys oh, and God. you draft a young guy i i are you, you, you can, there's no great wait scenario wait, here wait a minute you can still draft a a, a young guy mm-hmm. and still bring in another you veteran. can yeah you and can that, and that's what they will do that's uh, that's what I believe. That, I think, is the most likely scenario. So, But there's got to be a guy out there that Sean really likes. You probably don't have your quarterback on your team. You're not going to have the money to go shopping for a quarterback. No. You really don't have the draft capital to go get a quarterback. No. And, again, going to keep beating this drum. And you stayed healthy almost the entire year. Yeah. The law of averages says it's not going to be as good as I sit here today next year. I will say, and I will one-up you on that. Even if you stay healthy, you're not going to probably be as good as you were this year. I'm going to give you something else to, to think about. Oh. Broncos aren't going to have a lot of money to spend. Is that fair to say? Fair. How do you feel about P.J. Locke not being on this roster next year? Mm-hmm. This is where you start getting into things that are uncomfortable and unfortunate, but it's the bed that you made. He, he's a free agent. Right. You think teams aren't going to pay him a few bucks? I would. Right. He's a good football player. You feel good about Caden Stearns coming back from another I, injury? I, I mean, I do I feel good about Greg Dulcich? Right. Because Caden Stearns and Greg Dulcich, to me, are the same guy. Right? Yep. Same guy. Guys that are full of promise, guys that you know can play football, guys that you think you know can be damn good football players, but they're never on the field. I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if I am as sold on Greg Dulcich as other people, and that's fair because but, he well, hasn't played he hasn't been on the field no, enough to yeah no, right I'm no, with you that's not the reason why no no okay no the, the the reason why I'm saying this is he's a he's a terrific talent, and I will leave it at that he's a really good talent he's not Caden Stearns here I will tell you what I think about mm-hmm. here I'll tell you what I think about what I've been told about Greg Dulcich. By telling you about another player. I've been I was told years ago by Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns has a very high football IQ. Right. 
And without saying a word, really, about Greg Dulcich, Caden Stearns has a very high football IQ. Right. Smell what I'm stepping in? Yeah. But my point is that neither one of them are available. And, and I'm and I'm not going to get into the, this guy's smarter than the other guy. It's not an issue of being smart. Here. Uh, 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 it's not an issue of being smart. It's about... There, there are a lot of smart people out there mm-hmm. who cannot operate on somebody's brain. There are a lot of smart people out there who would never be good as a rocket scientist. Just because you're smart mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have a high football IQ. Right. Russell Wilson's going to go into the Hall of Fame as a guy who has a difficult time reading defenses. By the way, remember that whole blow up in Detroit? I'm guessing... Russell Wilson didn't check into the right play. I'm guessing that's what it was about. Very likely. And what does that have to do with anything? Peyton knew what play to call, wants Wilson to call a certain play, and he doesn't. That's the frustration that I understand that Sean Peyton has with Russell Wilson. It's not. That, I don't want to say he doesn't have a high football like you talking about Wilson. That's a real dig. He doesn't have a fast processor. That's not his fault. It's how you're. It's how you're born. Mm-hmm. People aren't. People are are born leaders. You don't become a leader. Either right. you have that or you don't. Drew Locke did not have a fast processor. Right. The, the irony of Russell Wilson is his processor kicks in when he's under duress. He's bet. He's, he's better under duress. He's than, bet. He's better when he doesn't have to think. How's that? Right. It's better when he doesn't have to think. But if you put him at the line of scrimmage. And he has to think about what he needs to do. He just doesn't see the game the way Sean Payton does. And Sean Payton sees it at a high level. That's pretty clear. Coming up after the break, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said something on Saturday we did not get to yesterday, that the Broncos might have a big problem in free agency having nothing to do with the money that they will likely not have to spend. <laughs> That's next. <laughs> Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, Monday, there's an auction for office furniture with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, if you're headed down to Ball Arena, you're going to go see the Nuggets, go see the Avalanche, maybe go see a concert. Highly recommend you walk five minutes to Nola Jane and Lodo. It's one of the only places in town where you can get authentic Cajun cuisine. Uh, Mike Goldman, the executive chef, does an amazing job with that menu. I always will get the Andouille sausage gumbo with dirty rice. I'm a big fan of gumbo, and I like it when it's really, really good. I would probably eat a marginal bowl of gumbo. That's how much I like it. It's like, you know the saying, there's no such thing as bad pizza. Yeah, but you don't make marginal gumbo yourself, so why would you buy it? 
No, I would eat it because I, I just I just like the flavors in it, unless it's just awful. But it's great. It's fantastic. Mm. And Nola Jane. And it's served with this homemade cornbread that is mm. unbelievable. Mm. They have six different po' boys. It's just a great menu. Mm. And then you wash it down with a hurricane that isn't loaded up with the crappy sugar that you get at Patty O'Brien's down in New Orleans. It's a really good hurricane. So pre-party at Nola Jane, before you go to Ball Arena, post-party, when you go to Ball Arena, great place to go, great food, party like it's Mardi Gras at Nola Jane in Lodo. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. So we're talking a little bit about Dulcich. He's a terrific talent. He's a nice guy, right? Yeah, I think so. All of yeah, those things. I, I agree. But but as I've kept alluding to, you know, there are different levels of understanding a playbook. Mm-hmm. There are different levels of processor, so on and so forth. I was told that all of the things about Dulcich that we just said are true. He's a talent. He's a nice guy, yada, yada. But maybe his processor isn't where you would hope it would be. Okay? Okay. That could be a problem. Okay. But now I want to bring this to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's come out of, under, come under a lot of fire, not only this year, but last year. Let's talk about the things that Jerry Judy does well. Number one, he is a great route runner. No, no arguing. He's a tremendous physical talent. Can we agree on that? No question. Great speed. If you've ever had a chance to talk to him in the locker room, which you and I have, mm-hmm. okay, he knows football. Yeah. He understands the game. I agree. And he understands the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Give me one thing that he doesn't do well, and let's not go to, you know, I'll just say instead of trying to set you up, which I'm not trying to do. I know you're not. He... At times, he has trouble catching the ball. Yeah, well, that has certainly proven out. But this is the big thing that I think he has a problem with. And I can see his point of view if he's having this conversation with Sean, but he would be wrong. What he is not good at is his instincts when he is out there. What do I mean? You go to the games at home. You go to the games on the road. When Russ is scrambling around... Do you see Judy, after running a beautiful route, have the instinct to come back into the play? Not like Cortland Sutton does or Travis Kelsey, which who, who has made a career of doing it. Those are next level. Travis Kelsey's a next level guy. Yeah, you've got to be able to read space, your quarterback, where he's going, limitations, all of those things, and they've got to be Decisions that are made within an instant. I think for Jerry, he is tunnel visioned in this area. Let's just role play for a second. And I'm Jerry, you're Sean, and Russell's on the run, and I did not come back into the play to try and bail out Russell. And I think it's the way Jerry thinks, although I should not try and tell you what he thinks. But I'm guessing this is what he thinks. So you're Sean. Tell me what I did wrong. Russell's running around. Just say, okay, why don't you come back to the play? Jerry, Jerry, you you got to come back to the play. When everything goes to hell, you got to help your quarterback out a little bit. Okay, but I ran the right route. 
well, you, I did exactly what you wanted me to do. You wanted me to run this perfect route, and I did it, and I beat my guy. But it's always about the second play. But I did what you asked me to do. Yeah. I ran the route you wanted me to do, and I did it really well, and I got separation, and Russell did not get me the ball, and he should have gotten me the ball. That's the, that's the circle that you would be in, I believe, hmm. with Jerry Judy. But I did what you asked me to do. Yeah. It would keep coming back to that, where you'd eventually want to bang your head up against the wall. I, I did my job. But you didn't come back into the play. But the job you asked me to do, I did. Yeah. And that's where I think there's that disconnect, his instinct of needing to come back. And those are little intangibles that make good players great players. That's why I think Marvin Mims is going to be a really good receiver. I, I do. I believe that. And he's had some fits and starts this year. And obviously he's injured right now. But I do like his potential in that regard. I think he's that kind of playmaker, and I think that he's that kind of a guy with that kind of understanding. You know, the jump, and and you just bring this up without bringing the subject up directly, but indirectly, I'll comment, because it needs to be reiterated to people. There is no sport where the jump is as significant from the college level, even the highest level of college football, to the NFL. There is no sport like it. Yes, you wait around in baseball to mature, right? You can become a pro at the age of 18, and maybe you don't see the show until you're 23 or 24 years old. That That's, that's certainly a possibility, too. But learning to play the game, more is asked of you in the NFL. Do you understand it? Do you process it? Can you immediately relate to it and make plays to that relatability? It is the biggest challenge for that I know of in any sport. And it separates the really good players from the players who are just meh, just like another guy. And that is the truth of the NFL in a nutshell next level guys are guys that can process and that can do it that that it all is clear to them that when a play breaks down a la Cortland Sutton and you're coming back to it you can make a move breaking beyond a, a defender and make a play in the end zone these are things that are next level Sean talks about it a lot it's when the second place, you have the first play, but it's when you when the second play starts with a quarterback that can move, for instance, in the pocket. How do you react then? It's a great challenge in the NFL, and it's hard to do it well. Yeah. Coming up after the break, Jeremy Fowler talked about this on Saturday, that uh, the Sean Payton factor might be a factor. Mm-hmm. What, what does he mean by that? Uh, free agents may, might not want to come here because of Sean Payton after what happened with Wilson and Payton. I talked to a couple of agents about that myself. What did they say about Fowler's report? That's next.
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the uh, Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Monday, there's an auction for office furniture with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Nola Jane Restaurant and Bar. Let Nola Jane spice up your next trip to Lodo with the best Cajun cuisine in Denver. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported something on Saturday we did not have a chance to get to yesterday. Uh, Broncos might have to overpay free agents because of what happened between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And I'm saying Sean Payton because this is not George Payton. This is not Greg Penner. He wasn't privy to those economic discussions, Eric. Sean's just a football guy. Yes. He, he doesn't understand those contracts. That's, I don't know about any of that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Thank and you. So Fowler added, talked to several agents around the league who believe Denver, because of how they handled the Wilson situation, threatening to bench him midseason because of the money and the contract that they already did, that there could be some fallout. They might have to overpay for free agents because of the Sean Payton factor. Mm. You believe that to be true? Not necessarily. Money is money. Opportunity is opportunity. By the way, the Broncos aren't going to have any damn money for the next two years anyway to overpay anybody. Right. I mean, I'm worried about who they're going to try to be paying, you know, in the bargain basement just to get this roster filled out. The biggest question of this year, everyone's talking about quarterback and this, that, and the other thing. I get it. The biggest question for me is roster. What's the roster really look like? And how are they going to try to restructure, reconfigure? Are you? Are there just some guys that are now a bridge too far that you just got to kind of swallow hard and, and let them go uh, and, and try to clear up some, some money? The challenge is that $85 million over the next two years, in whatever form math, uh, mathematically, you want to divvy it up is going to make building a roster very challenging for the Broncos, especially next year. Here's a way they can get there. Sure. They can get 16 million back by cutting or trading Garrett Bowles. You interested in doing that? No, no 10 million for cutting or trading DJ Jones. He's had a pretty good season. I mean, really want to do that? I don't really want to do it, but I probably would be closer to doing that than getting rid of Bulls. But now, yes. now, now here's a big one: cutting or trading Tim Patrick. Yes, you, right yes. now, I think they would still like Tim Patrick back. Here's the veteran minimum. Been injured the last two years. You're yeah. still not getting this. I think that that's the only thing. That's the only reasonable expectation for that to continue to work. And then the reasonable expectation is a fourth or a fifth round pick for Jerry Judy. Yes. And that will shed salary as well. Yes. Do you want Cortland Sutton back next year? Okay. We'd like you to restructure. That's a possibility as well. You can also get some cap relief by restructuring Zach Allen, but he just got here. 
Powers just got here. McGlinchey just got here. So there are ways to be creative. But what you're doing is you're not freeing up money to go get people. You're freeing up money to get your head out from being underwater. Yeah, you're just trying to breathe at this point, right? I mean, and and, and what you just laid out is it is a path, but how plausible is it? Because you got because everyone's got to kind of be in all for one, one for all, and and that's not the 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 nature of the beast, right? I mean, guys are independent franchises, as it were. I mean, they're going to lose guys anyway. Uh-huh. They don't have a ton of free agents anyway Mm-mm. that that are big name free agents. No. Josie Jewell, we love Josie. He's likely going to be gone. They yeah. already have Drew Sanders. Okay, Let's just- who by the way was pretty damn good last week. He's played. Yeah. His last couple of weeks, he has been a guy. Yeah. Anyway. P.J. Locke is the big name to me. Yeah, he's P.J. Locke's a really good football player. Yep. I mean, you feel good about uh, about your back end with Simmons and Locke back there, I think. Right. Right? You got to find a corner because I don't think that you want to go much longer with Fabian Moreau. Right. Right? But, I mean. And he's your number two corner. Sure is. Sure is. And you have Pat Sertan, the one really marketable asset. He's a tradable asset, too. You really want that quarterback in the draft? There it is. Pat Sertan's not going to be on the team. That's right. And that's then, exactly right. And then you're looking for two cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. You got your quarterback, but you're losing your cornerback. Yeah, and you've got your quarterback, by the way, with no guarantees. No guarantees that he's, I mean, you've got your quarterback, yeah. but now you've got to figure out, well, well, what kind of guarantee does that mean for me? What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? The Avs are back on top of the Central Division after their overtime win, and we'll discuss Colorado State's impressive showing last night in their Mountain West Conference opener. That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. On Monday, there's an auction for office furniture with overstock office chairs, desks, filing cabinets, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Ah! 
Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Okay, guys, just in case you missed it, pretty intense Avs game last night as Colorado got a hard-fought 5-4 overtime win over the New York Islanders. Despite allowing four goals on 22 shots, Alexander Georgiev became the first NHL goaltender to, to 20 wins this season. McKinnon had the OT winner, and Val Nachushkin had two clutch goals. He's up to 19 on the season. Abs are back on top of the Central Division with 51 points. A good win for the boys last night. Uh, didn't they beat Vorlamov uh, for the win? Yep. So the the former Abs, he was he was the goalkeeper when I came here. That's my first memory defensively of the Abs back in the day. But um, of course, Nathan McKinnon continues his incredibly hot streak. That was a good win at home. Um, and now there's, I think, one team that has a better record than the Abs, who I think that we would probably still all say, and even Jared Bednar would say, is not playing at, at, at its highest level yet. When the top guys play well, the Habs usually win, yeah, right? Right. Taves had a goal. Makar, three assists. Ratnan, two assists. Nachushkin, a couple of goals. McKinnon, goal, two assists. You're going to win when your top yeah. guys play well. Sure. And at the top, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better starting five in hockey. In theory, when I say starting five, right? Yeah. Your top five guys. Top five guys. Gotcha. All right, just in case you missed it, number 13, Colorado State, beat New Mexico last night in Moby Arena 76-68 in a battle of 12-1 teams. So CSU, now 13-1, opened up Mountain West Conference play with an important win over one of the best teams in the conference. Uh, also, Isaiah Stevens passed the 2,000-point mark at Colorado State. Any thoughts on the Rams' win over the Lobos late last night? Plus 11, rebounding. When you defend and rebound the way that Colorado State does, you've got a chance to win a lot of games, especially at the Mountain West level. Uh, and they outscored them by 14 at the line, which was the difference, frankly, in the game. So that's, in a nutshell, the story of your 13th-ranked Colorado State Rams last night at Moby improving to 13-1. and When's the last time you saw Colorado State ahead of Duke? In the AP poll. I don't know there if it's ever grow. happened. Yeah. Right. Right. Pretty cool. It's fantastic. Yeah. And and that's a legitimate. That team is legit. Totally. They've got great guard play with Isaiah Stevens. They've got good bigs. They've got depth. So I like that team a lot. And Nico Medved is a guy that has proven uh, over the last three or four or five years that he can just coach regardless of, of what he's coaching with. Right. Good stuff. All right, just in case you missed it, uh, interesting one here. Nikola Jokic joined <clears throat> Michael Porter Jr. on his podcast called Curious Mike and gave his honest perspective on fame saying, it just feels sad whenever you go to the bar or restaurant and some people are just taking their phones out and trying to record you. When I finish my career, I really wish nobody knows me. I really don't like this life because at the end of the day, we are just basketball players. Uh, what did you think of Jokic's thoughts on his celebrity status? I think that it's, would I would be stunned if he had said anything else. I thought the thing that was most interesting is that 
MPJ continues to get pretty good dudes for his podcast. He had, yeah. he had Peyton Manning on, and I mean he's had some guys on A-listers. There. Yeah, yeah, they've, he's had some A-listers, and I thought he got some good stuff out of Nikola Jokic, who is a remarkably refreshing guy on a lot of different levels. But he has, up, first and foremost, he's a private individual that happens to be playing out his life in the most public of ways. He's never going to be comfortable with it, but he puts up with it. There's so many athletes out there that are and politicians and people in general. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Shameless self-promoters. No Jokic runs from that. What, what does he want to do? Families first. What do you think second is to him? No joke. Horses or the NBA? I'd say horses, then the NBA. Yeah. I, I'm not even I, I I don't even say that smart acidly. I, I really feel like that that's probably his deal. I think his passion is yes, horses. No question. But he loves playing basketball. No, well, yes, he does. So that's not to take anything away from him. What you here. I'm passionate about work. You're passionate about work. I am. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you aren't more passionate about something else in life having nothing to do with your work. Right. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from no. how passionate you are about work. Right. I hope that these many years later, I've been able to separate those things. Most people in life enjoy their hobbies far more than work. Now, if you love what you do, that's awesome. Sometimes the two do co-mingle do. Yes. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But for Jokic, he happens to be a great basketball player. I'm not going to suggest that it comes easy to him because he works at it. Sure. He works very hard at it. But he is very fortunate to have a processor that is built into the computer. And one that is unlike any player who has ever played the game before. Think about that. That's how unique he is. Right. To be the size, where he plays on the floor, and the responsibilities that are given and re- expected from him. And the, uh, I, he's just unbelievable. If you can match talent with work ethic, mm-hmm. there's no stopping. No, none. Absolutely. <coughs> it, it is a remarkable story, and it's the gift that keeps giving. Yep. Gosh, I think they told Jokic that his appearance on the Porter's podcast was well-received, and they asked him if he was going to do more podcast appearances, and he said, I don't think so. <laughs> no, just, no. <laughs> I mean, I, the the dude doesn't care. It, 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 he, The less that you look at him, the better off he is. Do you, on the commercial that he did with Peyton Watson, you think he sought it out, or do you think they sought him? They sought him. Right. It wasn't... It, He's not asking for it, but my God, the fit is perfect, isn't it? Yep. I mean, it's just another almost seamless thing that Jokic does. That commercial was brilliant, I thought. Anyway. 
All right, just in case you missed it, last one here. Uh, Grambling women's basketball team started the new year with the performance unseen in any year before it. Uh, the Lady Tigers rolled to a 159-18 to win over the College of Biblical Studies in Louisiana. Oh, dear. It marked the biggest margin of victory of 141 points in Division I women's basketball history. Grambling jumped out to a 34-0 lead, not allowing their first points until the 214 mark of the opening quarter. I mean, how do you feel about a team winning a game by a cool 141 points? Sounds like a junior high school girls basketball yeah, game. Yeah, that that where I the mean, where the final score is like 36 to two. Yeah, those aren't even fun games to play. I don't think. I mean, that's such a ridiculous mismatch that you wonder why the game is even being played in the first place. And it's not a. I mean, it's a Division One opponent against a what opponent? NAIA, uh, I I don't have the faint. It may, be, great. Un, it may be unaffiliated. Well, Grambling's not Division One, are they? Yeah, Grambling's Division One. In basketball, I'm pretty sure that they're Division One. Yeah, that's what it said. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Who did they beat again? <laughs> College of Biblical Studies in Louisiana. Thoughts and prayers. That's all I've got for you, folks. Thoughts and prayers. Peace and peace. Yep. <laughs> okay, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it. Uh, they are awesome. Uh, see why Westward calls them the best liquor store in Denver five years running. They always have amazing specials on wine. They have great snacks there, too. They have people who could really help you out. Check really high-end Yep. Check them out off of Colfax or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com or order off their app as well. Uh, Gordon, Alex, great job as always. Same with you, Bruce. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make the best possible day you can. Man.